Right, hello and welcome to episode 8 of the PPC podcast. Um, I'm Matt May and as always I'm joined by uh, the Harry Potter of, uh, of PPC on account of the fact that he is uh, an absolute wizard in the web query world. It's Joshua Herbert and uh, for the second week in a row um, we've got a special guest. Uh, again, this is a former colleague of uh, mine and Josh's uh, and a great friend of ours as well. Uh, he's the PPC, well, no, sorry, he's the paid search manager at REC, um, uh, who are currently hiring at the moment, uh, a paid search exec. Um, and it's Mr. Tom James. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to connect with you guys in a professional capacity. Um, it's been a long time. Fantastic. It's great to hear uh, that Newport accent as well. Yeah, it's nice, right? Yeah, and it's uh, great to have Josh back from the, uh, from the cruise, two weeks yep. Pleasure as always. Well, I made it, missed you. made it back. Made it back. Where did you go, Josh? I went around the med, so um, uh, I flew and then uh, boarded there. My first taste for the buffet. Nice. Um, and then went uh, <laughs> in between. Fl- well, I went to Florence then, but Florence, you know, down the road. That was where the ship parked. And then down to Barcelona, spent two nights there. Uh, and then down to, uh, the, I tell a lie, I went to Villefranche before that. I've been so many places. Villefranche, went to Monte Carlo, went to uh, Cartagena, went to Malaga. Malaga was very nice. Uh, went to Palma. Um, saw them. And I was out at sea as well, because I was on a boat. And night at dinner at the captain's table, or...? No, the captain didn't come around to talk to us. Newport. I, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think we had the funnest table in the whole uh, dining room. <laughs> and I think that was why. Uh, absolutely no doubt. He looked at us, he said, I, I, well, we were singing happy birthday every night. It was no one's birthday for the whole time we were there, but we sang it every night. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. You know I'd have fun, don't you, Ribs? Yeah. <laughs> Bloody yeah. hell. Yeah, Indeed. I love happy birthday. Well, you yeah. should go to TGI's more often, mate. They love it, eh? They do, yeah. They bring the sparkle out, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't work out in the uh, in the PPC world, there's a job waiting for you. <laughs> Could be serious. Did you, did you <laughs> the site, or were you, your head firmly in your laptop looking at your fantasy football spreadsheets and assessing? I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I... I was overjoyed when I could still see the statistics on yeah. Premier League app when I didn't have any Wi-Fi. What wow. I did do was came across uh, a website, and I cannot remember what it was. I downloaded all the results from last year. I bunged it in a spreadsheet. I'm a, I'm a master of the uh, the spreadsheet app now uh, on my phone because you can't do everything, but you can do most of the stuff. I looked at all the players. I dug down. I really saw, you know, what... The best points per game, uh, points per game per million, all of that. I can I lost my head? Can I, I just, uh, just sort of jump in here now? Because you're yeah. telling us, right, that you had all this data available and you still managed to pick Phil Jones. <laughs> well, Phil Jones had one of the best uh, uh, points per well points per game, I guess. Um, but it was points per game. Honestly, it's unbelievable. As Pilaqueta's the top, 
Alonso's up there. Um, mm. Robertson, incredible. The return on points he gets. Because he's a forward attacking. Otamendi was up there, but he wasn't starting. Um, Tomkins was up there. Crystal Palace, he's in my squad. And they did. Uh, Robertson and Tomkins both... Well, I was fuming. I don't know why Tomkins didn't uh, get replaced by Jones in my team. I don't understand that. But uh, they've got my email. I'm just waiting to reply from... Uh, uh, and who Captain Salah. That's decent. <laughs> That's a decent. Well, it's obvious, isn't it? He's the obvious choice. It's better than Aguero, who I captained. Um, who... How did you manage to have 80 points in your captain, Aguero? That's ridiculous, that is. I, I haven't checked the league. I'm... I am bottom. You... I can... <laughs> yeah. am, I, am, I, am, I, am I. You're one up from me. Sharp? I... Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, I got a text on um, Saturday. Um, yeah. Bear in mind, Liverpool, Arsenal and City are yet to play uh, off Joshua Herbert saying, um, I hate fancy football. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that was due to the fact that he had six points <laughs> yeah. um, after seven Premier League games had been played. Um, yeah. So, I mean... PPC wise, web query wise, yeah. Josh, there is no doubt you are the absolute wizard. Um, but uh, fancy football still, you know, <laughs> plugging away. Oh, Matt, hey, did you I mean, I... um, Mike Ashley buying a shot instead of a centre forward. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if you saw my um, my tweets. I named a few Frasers, including Ryan Fraser, uh, yeah. Fraser Forster, and uh, actually Brendan Fraser of the Mummy. <laughs> um, would have preferred uh, to uh, hate off, um, and uh, and then I, I think sort of towards the evening on Friday, um, I just come to the conclusion it's probably the most Mike Ashley thing Mike Ashley's ever done. Uh, I mean, the, the press release was perfectly timed, you know, the, the transfer window slammed shut, and he and he's there, he is with his you know, massive sports direct mug in his hand, toasting to uh, Ace of Frasier purchase. I like it, I like it. A lot of people have, have said, you know, it's great. 1,700 jobs have been saved. I don't think these people even want to work for Ace of Frasia. <laughs> you know? I, I don't want to go in Ace of Frasia. I don't think anyone wants to go in Ace of Frasia. And they're going to have to go in and, you know, they're going to see the mergs and they're going to see the, the Londis tracksuits, you know, next to the whatever else uh, they sell. Nah, not, not a great move for me. Those big... Crates of uh, white white uh, socks, the footballs and the tennis balls at the front of the shop. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just outrageous. But Mike Ashley is—he's uh, now now dubbed the most powerful man on the high street. Um, you know, uh, but you know, coincidentally, the high street is is dying in a lot of ways. So maybe he's the Grim Reaper. Um, but uh, onto more positive things. We're talking about audiences today. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, uh, we're going to talk about what we love about Pepsi. So, um, Tom, I, I know you're one of the uh, you're one of the millions of listeners uh, on a weekly basis. Out the millions. Here's another lawsuit. Um, but. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure you've heard of uh, heard of this segment where we try and discuss um, 
something we love about PPC, or it could be about digital marketing. It could be something you read. It could be uh, success in uh, uh, you know at REC or, or whatever you're up to uh, in a freelance world. Well, I've got, um, I've got but, two things. Two, yeah, two. Sort of in the link, sort of. The first thing I love about PPC is that you can prove everything with data, which I think is so important in uh, a world of marketing where you know a lot of things can be based on uh, personal opinions or assumptions. Emotion. Yeah, <laughs> so I like being able to prove things with data, and, and the feedback's relatively instant as well. Especially if you've got a pretty sizable account, you, can, you know, within maybe seven days, you can really put your hypothesis, even for a test or, or bin it, depending on how it's gone. But I like that. I like that you can have instant feedback, and, and you can prove something rather than sort of with other channels, maybe where it's a lot of sort of assumption or. Um, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's um, it's it's not data driven. Um, so I like that. And, and the second, especially, I guess, like we've worked in in finance. It pays you in finance, which is pretty, is you know, it's one of the biggest spending areas in in uh, in sort of the UK. And I think that sort of puts you at the sharp end of business as well. I've never had um, a C. I've never you know really see a CMO walk over and ask about the word count, but you know I've had plenty walk over and ask about how much we spend it. So I, I like that as well. That you get massive exposure to, to you know, to, to Zach and, and to you know, to big, big hitters in business just because of, of the scale of what you know, especially you know, some of the experience we've had, you know, the scale of, um, uh, of budgets and, and traffic and so forth that so we're you know we're, we're driving. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I like that. That's a positive skill. Good for that. Uh, Tom, thank you. It's Go on, it's, Josh. Go on, uh, Josh. Speak your name, man. You, well, you know, you know I love data. Um, yeah, I think it's good to build arguments based on data. And the thing with PPC, you can always support, you can always support your view with you know, strong analysis and, and data, which, yeah, like you said, you can't do with other channels. And they're built on assumptions. So I like that as well. Yeah. No, I yeah. think that's spot on. Uh, you know, I chucked in emotion there. And so many people, um, you know, from an agency point of view, when I'm talking to clients um, and they don't really have an understanding a lot of the time of, of exactly what you're trying to achieve. Because when we're talking to clients, we're not going in, you know, it's going to be very high level. Um, uh, we're not actually talking about the ins and outs of, of paid search um, or the technicalities. So it's just nice to be able to take proven um hypothesis or take you know case studies that are backed up by real data and not vanity metrics or anything like that but actual data to say okay this is why we want to implement these changes or this is why we're bringing this strategy to you um for your particular product um so yeah it just makes the conversation so much easier um you get buy-in straight away and for you guys in-house obviously um you know all of your decisions are going to be based on data and being able to get that buy-in from various stakeholders, especially finance, um, it's, it's much easier when you've got black and white numbers in front of you. So, Josh, was there anything you wanted to add or chuck in uh, while you live in PPC? Um, yeah, slightly, I don't know, maybe a different angle. I, I like the, uh, I think too often we um, criticise the big, the big two powerhouses of PPC. 
but actually they can do some good in the world. And I, I trust you're talking about Bing and, and Gemini. I was talking about Ash Jeeves. Oh, of course, of course. Um, yeah, you know, whether it's the support from uh, account managers to the, the charity work they do, and uh, picking up something I read recently about Bing, um, which I liked, is that they're participating in the Global Coalition to End Wildlife Trafficking in the Middle So, you know, putting PPC aside, they can do some good in the world. Yeah, I spoke to um, I spoke to a guy. Uh, I met with him a few weeks ago, and he, his agency uh, worked with uh, Gamble Away. Um, so obviously they they part, oh yeah part of the, uh, the sort of the Google um, the free uh, free budget they give every month to try and help promote those campaigns and stuff. Oh. So for the World Cup, obviously they they were running big campaigns because you know there's a lot of promotion and sports betting at that time of year. So. I kind of, you know, I thought I thought that was that was something um, I hadn't really come across in person. I knew about it, but I hadn't met anyone who's sort of involved in it. I thought it was really yeah, cool. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, they do good. Yeah, there's some good in the world. They've also Google's online support uh, is is really good. I've been utilising that quite a lot recently. You you can chat to someone there and then. And I think that, that, that doesn't get enough credit. Well, the online support Did features. Tell me what CPC meant in the end. Yeah. You get that? Uh, you did? He's still coming back to me on it. <laughs> he is, but um, he said tomorrow, so. It was following that conversation. He actually took a two-week um, stress leave and uh, went on a cruise. Because <laughs> he realised he realised it was costing click, <laughs> yeah. costing click the entire time, and then he actually it, started looking at spend oh, figures, and uh, he realised, oh shit, you know, it was oh. trending upwards. I had to get out. Really <laughs> go on a cruise. I just went around Lanner Avenue, Boating Lake. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you would have saved yourself a lot of money. Still not <laughs> captain, and had a great time. It would have. That's true. <laughs> Well, you, I, I guarantee you would have met a few captains there, actually. In the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the bushes. <laughs> Fantastic. Right then, let's crack on with, uh, with the topic of, uh, of discussion today, the main topic, uh, and that's audiences. What audiences exist, why they exist, how we leverage them you know, day-to-day, and uh, what we've personally learned through our implementation and measurement of um, various different audiences. We're going to run to a list um, later on. In the show and uh, and sort of um, pick apart uh, how we've used those different audiences, what they mean, and how any of the uh, the millions of listeners can uh, can use them moving forward. Um, but in terms of uh, defining audiences um, and, and discussing why they're an important part of uh, the campaign management process, I think audiences you know come under several different names people call them segments you know you could call it a pot um i know a lot of the uh, paid social we do we just call it a pot of uh a pot customers um audiences we know that google is um you know google has is now changed to google ads um instead of adwords they've dropped uh words from the name which is an indication that we're moving more towards audiences changes over the last year will also uh back that up uh, is that is that sound effects from Josh Irwin? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the cuckoo clock. Oh, uh, we got we need another episode to discuss. Uh, at least we know it's nine o'clock now. Yeah, that is 
Well, there you go, actually. A pace setter uh, for the show. I'll let it finish. Are we good? No, we're still going. No, it's, it's nine, so... How long is it? There we, wow. Here we go. So anyway, before I was rudely <laughs> interrupted um, by the cuckoo clock, uh, <laughs> Josh Herbert's cuckoo land, uh, where he often records from. Um, so yeah, audiences, uh, many different names, there's many different types as well. Um, most commonly, I'd say, is remarketing lists. Um, you also have in-market audiences, uh, customer match, pulling in uh, different uh, data points from, from um, areas of the business, email, for example. Um, audiences come in forms of exclusions as well, not just um, what you include or what you're layering, uh, layering your campaigns with, but you can also exclude um, certain segments of, uh, of traffic or, or certain parts of customers um, for various different reasons. Uh, and they're an important part of the process because they add another layer to, uh, to what we're trying to achieve. Um, some audiences come pre-qualified. Um, you know, they come with added intent. Uh, we have uh, various learnings. If you're remarketing, then you know that um, a certain customer could have an affinity with a the brand. They've at least visited certain parts of your website before. So having that data available means that creative can be tailored then for uh, the, the second or third or fourth touch point um, with that particular um, customer. Uh, so I guess the first question I have for you guys is... Um, is there anything you'd, you'd sort of add to, to my loose definition of audiences there? Um, and, uh, and anything you want to add in terms of why audiences are important to you both? Um, Tom, we'll go to you first. I'll, I'll pick up on, on the first point you made around the change from ad, Google Ads from, from AdWords. And, and I think that as we move forward, the, the keyword will become less relevant as we move to sort of more display type targeting in the search results area. But the keyword is still king. So it doesn't matter. You know, you don't need audiences to succeed in PPC because if someone searches, you, your ad can be there regardless of, of uh, you know, of, of what you've done on the back end to segment that user. But I think it, a good audience strategy separates sort of really good PPC marketers from, from average. It's, it's a lot of work to, to sort of scale an audience segment, to, to understand it, uh, to understand what message that audience segment needs to see in order for that ad to be more relevant than the sort of BAU ad that you could have served, uh, they just served, uh, just served, sorry. So, um, yeah, audiences are very important for good PPC marketers, in my opinion. You know, I think that you can really get creative with how you target that user, not just an ad, but the whole journey and experience you serve them afterwards. So the landing page, um, you know, if, if you've got the dev resource, the, the whole journey can, can be completely changed based on, on a wealth find audience segments. So I think um, you know it's it's important. It's not the end of the world. You know, if you're a small business owner with just doing AdWords on the side to try and drive a bit of traffic, then you probably don't need a complex audience strategy. You can, you can sort of get by with, with what you're doing. But you know, if you if you really fancy it as a PPC marketer, then your audience strategy needs to be needs to be nailed nailed down. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a great point you make there about um, a keyword being king. I think it's important. Um, yeah, for anyone listening, you know, if you have running um, Google Ads campaigns, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, you don't need audiences. You can still run a successful campaign. There's many more elements that go into running a successful campaign um, before you even 
you know, come near um, the likes of, uh, of implementing audiences. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point to add on there. Um, Josh, was there anything you wanted to add? Uh, I like the point you made about uh, tailoring the message to the audience because I think uh, um, kind of maybe we've all been guilty of it in the past where you set up an audience and you just kind of apply it and let it run, but you don't really necessarily think about actually what you can do with it and the different messaging that you can apply it's not to it. Trying to, to, you know, the customers that are available and stuff, mm. change that message. I'm, you know, I'm guilty of much of anyone that was saying. Yeah. Just to say I'm doing audiences, but I want to read audiences. I'm just sort of ticking a box for, for my manager, do you know what I mean? So, exactly. I agree. It's, it's so easy to tailor that message if you're, you know, if you're trying to write Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And it all comes back to strategy. It's like you said, Tom, you know, it's all about an audience strategy. And that was a, that was a key um, phrase you used there because ultimately we've all been guilty of it, just setting these things up to run because it's the buzzword, because it's the thing that we've been asked to do, um, because it's something that everyone's testing at the same time. Um, but yeah, the strategy, why are we doing it? Um, what are we hoping to achieve from it? You know, what do we know about the audiences we're targeting? Um, you know, all of these play into uh, into an actual uh, full blown strategy that we need to um, you know, implement and think about when we're doing this stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's your sort of general opinion of audiences. Um, was there any anything else you wanted to add in terms of? Um, uh, you know, you sort of uh, anything you consider important when when uh, managing um, campaigns that, that are utilizing audiences. I, I think it's important that you don't tie. You don't. So it's very easy for an audience strategy to to get out of control really quickly. I mean, if you think that you might have, maybe you, maybe you find four or five target segments you think are really really useful to your business, whether people can't abandon or engage with your content uh, for a certain period. But, you know, if you start sort of segmenting those segments, and then you start adding uh, uh, sort of uh, cookie port, um, you know, seven-day list, 30-day list, 90-day look-back window list, you can very easily end up with 30, 40 segments attached. And, I, you know, I've taken over accounts where there have been 30, 40, 50 audiences more even applied with no real logic. And it's obvious that someone has probably had a really good strategy and an idea and well thought out sort of um plan but it, they've tried to scale and and it's got out of control and then you sort of defeat the purpose you're not really hitting that target audience you've just you've just got a load of audiences with, with random bid modifiers you can't even remember what what you were targeting in your first place so i think start small and really pick off the audience you know pick one segment two segments that are really important and scale those and, and maximize those instead of picking 10, 15 segments and trying to sort of spin too many plates. Yeah, I mean, and just to clarify, by segments, you mean seggies, right? Seggies, yeah. Seggies, naggies, we're, we're designing tonight. You know, GA and all that. Yeah, and I mean, I completely, I've, I've seen some accounts with, you know, I mean, I couldn't move for audiences. There were audiences, seggies, there was GA dangling above my my head and I'm you know, going on draining a sea of audiences, bib modifiers. It was crazy. Um, you know, and there was there was cowboy boots in there, and you know, there was, there was sort of shells from old school guns. You know, um, and saloon doors broken on the floor. It looked like a bar fight had gone on, and, and the result was, you know, a shit ton of seggies all over the shop. But yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying, Tom. <laughs> I mean. 
it is about um, you know picking a few and really uh, you know, defining the, the reason for, for doing that and then building uh, building gradually. Josh, I'm sure there's something you need to add. Go for it. Um, no, not really. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that point. Yeah. No, I think uh, yeah, I think we've covered that. I mean, yeah. It just it all helps find the right customers. Oh, here he is. Like a walking you know, billboard like, for PPC. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just, uh, I'm just uh, looking over at the dolphins. Yeah, the you're still there, man. You mate. I can yeah, see you. I'm still there. The sea breeze is hitting your face. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're just... yeah. Here's a question to you: Would okay. you layer those audiences? So, you, say you have got twenty audiences and they're all relevant. What would you do? You'd layer them. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think, so I'm looking at a site news, uh, so I've got access to DoubleClick, right? So I, I can up my audiences in into campaign goals and I can allow the algorithm to make bid, bid modifiers depending on what they think is, is good and, and bad, right? So, so what I would do if I was faced with that and, and what I'm trying to do at the moment is is allow the algorithm to make, to make it obvious which audiences are, are good for my account, right? So if an algorithm, if the bid modifier I walk in after two weeks and the bid modifier is plus 75%, and there's a reason for that, right? So, so then I, I would probably look at that audience and I would say, hey, of my 20 audiences, the one or two audiences, the ones that, that the bidding album is bigger than, that can make way better decisions than the communicate manager can, as the cyber diesel is the best one. So they're the ones I focus on. So again, I go back to that point earlier, so it's all about being data driven, and you might think you've got this audience segment that is absolutely bang on, but you know, never data tell you whether it is or not. Mm. That's a great point as well, because you know, again, you've got access to double click. Josh, I know you've got access to Marin. I, I'm not sure how audiences play with Marin. Do you want to, do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, not not an awful lot, really. No. Well, then. Um, unless, unless, yeah. And only it meant um, by ad group and split out and just target specific audience that way. Yeah. Um, I think they are working on a new kind of platform which does integrate. Uh, audiences um, across social and uh, and search, so um, which should be interesting. But there isn't that much functionality there, unfortunately. Well, what I was going to say is, yeah, you got Marin, you got DoubleClick, yeah. um, but then obviously a lot of people listening are not going to have access to that. Um, no. So they're going to be they're going to be manually bidding on audiences that they maybe not going to be able to figure out as quickly um, what is working and what isn't. And, and again, that's the reason why. They wouldn't be going in with, with these you know big numbers of segments because that they need to give themselves a good testing phase to actually learn, um, you know about each audience, um, properly without you know shoving everything in and, and then not really knowing what is is actually working and what isn't, um, which takes me on to testing. Um, so for you guys, I will go to you first, Tom. Um, you know. General approach to to the process of finding and testing audiences across any audience now. Um, what are your considerations? Uh, what are the sort of teams in house? Um, the tools, the resources you may have potentially pulled and, and worked with, um, and what would you consider your personal sort of best practice checklist for um, for audiences? I know you've mentioned a few different points, but you can you can add add some. Um, I, I think uh, you've got to start looking at the industry one and the blog that you're in as well. 
um because they're very different so you know my, my personal experience or most of my experience is in finance and a lot of that is one-off or annual purchases so you've got to be there and uh, you know again a lot of, of the conversions i see in my account happen within one or two days or one or two sessions so you need to be there within 24 48 hours of the user taking that first action if you're going to sort of do anything with them that's if i'm retargeting obviously um again considered purchases and finances a lot of content around it so you know i've got access to sort of all those calls there if users who are indicating about the market but that you know that i think industry is important you know take gambling for example is about frequency and, and how often people deposit which is a great case study on that recently so yeah what i'm working with to begin with and then i mentioned it i sort of look at uh retargeting sort of users who have shown purchase intent first and foremost um I guess it's an argument for sort of that recency that if they've shown that they're interested in finance within a day, are they going to come back to your brand anyway? Do you need to pay for them? Um, which is an argument that we've all heard a lot um, in yes. our experience within, within finance. If we pay for those people who are um, you know, halfway through the process or they've got the price to the market to those and do we pay for them? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's key is, is looking at your purchase journey and understanding how your users buy. It's kind of setting up a 30 day list that 95% of your, of your users convert within one or two sessions. You need to you know, set your audience to, to match your, your industry. I think this is very important. Um, yeah, I guess that would be my, my, my first best practice to do that. Um, and then secondly is, is a, a lot of users have got so much data to hand, so much data that can help inform decisions. So um, is there a particular stage of the journey that users drop off on that they then, you know, they're more likely to convert than users who maybe didn't get that far or got one step further? And I think that's quite important. Um, and building out segments from there. So looking at users who the data suggests are very likely to convert, users who are not, and then those users who are maybe consideration phase and, and, and start building a funnel it's really important to do that and then sort of tier your bids and um, to begin with tier your bids because you need to know how much you want to pay for people and then once you've got sort of the commercial aspect of it then then start tiering the, the or start working on the creative and personalizing that journey to those you nice like that like that well josh same question to you or is yeah. there anything you want to add to uh, to what i'm saying um definitely the yeah, looking at the funnel, ranging from um, the least likely to convert to the most likely to convert, uh, kind of an upside-down triangle, looking at awareness, looking at consideration, looking at intent, and then focusing on decisions, so starting there where uh, where you're kind of adopting an audience strategy that prioritizes you know, people that are directly in market to actually purchase. Um, but like working with different departments, so I've work with departments to get uh, a lot of customer data to feed that into customer match lists and use those for exclusions. Um, so that's been quite a big part of what I've been doing recently. Just kind of, yeah. And then also like with filtering audiences that have got certain conditions, they've gone via different URL and excluding those. Um, yeah. But just kind of visualizing the customer journey, I guess. And, um, we've looked at um, like heat maps and stuff like that as well, as well where they've where they've gone hit a certain part of the journey and then there's like a certain part which we can't do much about. That's a lot of people are just leaving at that point because of certain things. So you can kind of do stuff around that. 
Yeah, just yeah. I think Josh mentioned with other with departments, not only yeah. the, the business intelligence side of it, and, and you know getting people who are were really skilled at analysing data to fill segment for you, but also working with other marketing channels as well. Uh, like yeah. we mentioned earlier, you see, we're sort of limited because people still have to search. Yeah, yeah. They still have to search. That's it. It's really good to try and cash in that as well as possible using things like paid social and it's playing maybe not so much to build an audience list, but sort of paid social trying to capture users with content just so um, they're going to search for you know, my example, REC, breakdown cover regardless, right? But if, if we've served them content, if I, audience is not just about looking at PPC, I think it's about building that whole, you know, it's just like a, a bit of a, a, a cliche, whatever, like a holistic view. Yes, yeah. You know, especially with something like finance, where you think it's a consider purchase, educate them, but make sure it's your brand that's doing it. Yeah. When that keyword to search, you're at the top of your max, you can afford to pay more for them because they've warmed your brand. That's it. Yeah, and it's funny because I had a conversation today, and um, we had a so we had loads of customer data for one product, and uh, they said, "Oh, you know, exclude it to the other products." And I said, well, "Why would we exclude it?" I said, "I said, bear in mind this is this is a generic account now. That if they're they're looking for this certain product as opposed to that one, you know, car insurance versus home insurance, it it doesn't. They're in the market." They're, yeah, searching for already a customer, yeah, they're looking for a completely different product. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. And the thing is, I think um, it's important. You're right, that holistic view. Um, and ultimately, it's all about knowing uh, what phase um, your customer could potentially be in and uh, in, the, in the buying cycle. And also, you know, what other channels are actually doing, what their strategy is and how your um, paid search activity could play into that. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, it's good to have an understanding of where everyone is um, in terms of if you're running TDC, how is um, you know, paid search support in that? Um, if you've got paid social running, like you mentioned, Tom, how, how is the activity that we're doing in paid search complementing um, complementing that? So everyone's working ultimately towards the same goal anyway, but I think we know from experience that sometimes you know not, not everyone's talking to each other and you might miss the boat uh, when when there's opportunities for us to to sort of soak up some of that um yeah some of the good work that other channels may have potentially been doing for a long time to build the sort of affinity to build that uh, brand recognition mm. um, so moving on to the to the list of um uh to the list of of audiences we'll start off with um the most popular uh, probably you know the, the one that i guess um everyone would have heard of uh even sort of entering the uh entering the world of paid search um and that's the you know you sort of stand remarketing list um based on website visitors um you know it's, it's the simplest one in my opinion anyway it's the simplest sort of um uh audience uh um, you know the remarketing approach. Um, simple to utilize uh, the audience, layer it into uh, to an existing keyword strategy, um, and basically you're, you're effectively targeting visitors who've already um, you know visited your website. They already have a, an awareness of your brand, um, so you're basically retargeting them in the hope that you know bringing them back in if they've um, considered 
uh, everything that they, they need to, and then you're bringing them in for the final purchase, or you're at least adding another um, uh, another successful uh, touch point on the on the sort of journey to make a success uh, make a purchase with you. Um, so, from your point of view, guys, what experiences do you have with um, you know your standard RSA lists? Um, We'll go to you first, Tom. Um, what, what are your opinions around, around these remarking lists? Um, I think, like we mentioned earlier, it's very easy to stick out of control really quickly if you start targeting uh, every game you can think of. So I like to split mine into two, two sort of basic categories, which is purchases that mentioned earlier, purchases of and indicators. Yeah. And, and if you sort of keep everything in, within those two categories, then it sort of gives you an element of control. Um, uh, like Josh mentioned earlier, I think. Customizing your your, your ad, your, your ad copy, you know, if, if that's all you can do, if you, if you have control of your landing pages and you change that part, yeah, you can change that you've got an RC, then yeah, what's it? But if you can't, then you know, if someone take a very sort of basic example we're using right now, if, if a user selects a certain package, it costs a certain price, but they don't quite purchase, when you know, make sure that your ad copy reflects the purchase, that you know, reflects the product, the price, the description, whatever. USP of that of that actually taken on your site is make sure that they see that when they come back to sort of make your ad stand out in the in the sort of see a generic price point or you know uh, whatever emotional copy your competitors are using like like you said it's, it's it's very simple but it still can also be very effective and do it well. Yeah, Josh, was there anything you wanted to add? No, not really. I think that uh, summarises it quite well. That's everything I was going to say. Sorry, mate. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, I just saw dolphin. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> um, okay, so now let's uh, so moving on to um, Google's uh, similar audiences. Um, you know, I, I've heard in the past that um, people I've spoken to who, who've used them um, say that they they sort of hit and miss. Um, you know, they like to use them uh, to get a sort of sense of. of general performance, um, you know, and they can sort of, they're good indicators for how well, um, you know, machine learning might be might be working for you. Um, but, you know, have you guys got any experience with similar audiences? Have you, have you, have you utilised those? Um, and, uh, and if so, what are your thoughts? Josh, feel free to fire away on this one. On this one. Um... Yeah, I have. Um, not as much as I should have, though, on similar audiences. Yeah, it's the sort of uh, it's just a sort of plug it and play. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I know a lot. Of, it's worth a test, um, but uh, but you say you, you've sort of not, not seen anything. going head first. I I think it's. I always think that they could be sort of good top of funnel activity. So I like to sort of build a, you know, a, a list of users who start a journey or, or you know, place a bag, you know, place a, an item in the shopping bag and sort of similar to that. You know what I mean? To try and understand it because I think a lot of people go for the sort of default similar to all, you know, similar to all converters or similar to made a purchase, which is cool. But again, it's about building that funnel. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and that's the thing I think as well is. Um, ensuring that you're not comparing different audiences types to each other. 
Um, so you know you're not you, you can't be going in and, and comparing um, the performance of something like similar audience to um, like a remarketing list because ultimately you know it's not going to be yeah, maybe as successful. Yeah, what makes our audience similar? So I, I, not like if you don't believe the performance, I don't think it's gonna that's all that much together. Josh, was there anything you wanted to add? No. <laughs> Take me back to Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you might have just uh you know, just logged off and decided uh you know, I'm, I'm back on the boat. I'm going I'm to make that captain have some dinner with me. I hope you would have, yeah. And, and the cruise director, yeah. The cruise director? Yeah, they've got a cruise director. He's the, the fun organiser at the Ministry of Fun. I thought you meant like someone who just sort of says which way the, the ship goes. You know, there's, there's an iceberg going the other way. That's always where I would do anything for one more plate as soon as calls for, and I came up, you know, table for to finish as well. So. Oh, yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? The Capitan, I would. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get back on that table. But before that, in Maggot audiences. So, um, Bing, big time news. Every time I read something at the moment, is it like Bing? And uh, a lot of it is about in market uh, capabilities of, of being the thing of bringing forward. There's a ton of data available. Um, LinkedIn's chucked in there somewhere as well. So, um, yeah, there's going to be some, uh, I think the Microsoft Ad Network, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, there's going to be some fun stuff to, to sort of play with there. But in terms of in market audiences, um, great tool for search campaigns. Uh, have, you, have you had a play about with them? If so, I mean, there's there's capabilities for, for your line of work, boys. So, um, you know, what, what are your experiences with them? I think it's with, with in-market audiences, it's really important that you don't necessarily go for the one that's most relevant to your industry. I think mm. in, Google, uh, in, in Google's audience manager, you sort of look at the one that is indexed best. I mean, I know I've seen examples of sort of um, insurance products where the, the most relevant or the, the highest index conversion on the on the in market audience is like um, traveling, traveling uh, cruise travelers or things like that. I'm, I'm not. I'm saying cruise travelers later, Josh. Oh me, <laughs> just because as an example again, your finance is my is my speciality. Just because there's an, a car insurance in market suit or search audience, that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the only in-market audience you should use for car insurance campaign, right? You should you should be, Google gives you the, the opportunity, the visibility to see what other in-market segments are working. I think you should just go with it. It's very black box. No one really knows what makes that audience in-market. You, you know, there's no real indicator. So go with it. You know, if it is sort of people like grooming dogs or whatever, you know, whatever, if, if it's, even if it's not, doesn't seem relevant, if that's what Google is suggesting works, then, then definitely go for it and don't limit yourself to, to just what you think relevant in market segment? Yeah, I like that. Would you go as far I, to say then? Do you you know you just open that open it up and say test everything? You know, no, go, I trust. Go crazy. I trust. I trust Google. I trust the network. Things like you know a bit off topic, but you know I've seen unbelievable results with responsive search ads in the last couple of weeks. Mm. And that, you know, and that is nothing pin, nothing you know, giving the, the algorithm full range to to decide what ads going to work for my my 
by different users and, and you know i don't see why something like the mac acceptance wouldn't be the same yeah no i like that it's, it's and that's an interesting point as well giving the algorithm a bit of um confidence yeah getting behind it and letting it because ultimately we've mentioned this before when we we're talking about automation is this is a great thing i think people are scared to sort of you know um, release the reins a little bit and let um, google take control it's good that you mentioned responsive ads um because you know a lot of people think that, that it's just another nail in the coffin of the uh, of the of the ppc account manager but ultimately it just frees up more time for us to actually deal with strategy and come up with ideas and and start actually you know the human process is going to be how we move this forward, okay, now we've learned that, now we're going to take it in a new direction, and this is what we're going to try and achieve. So, um, so that's a great point. Yeah, and it goes back to the point I made earlier about sort of allowing the, the, the algorithm to make my bid adjustments on my, on my audience, my bid modifier adjustments. Google, just double click to that then? It, yeah, so you Within market. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm assuming, uh, no, I'll have to get back to it now, I don't know, but Google's not on my aim, right, is to make money. So if you're somewhere, <laughs> Your website's good enough they'll drive traffic to it regardless and just let you know just let them do their thing it's, it's like you know optimize your, your account let them do their thing and and see good results if you trust the algorithm actually we've just um we've actually got google on the line they've got something to say to that <laughs> thank you very much for us cheers for that Josh, was there anything you wanted to add? Um, add well, it's funny because uh, I, I, uh, I had a conversation today about using other in-market audiences because they weren't that clearly defined for a lot of the products. Um, and I was adding like other stuff. And they said, well, well like, while I was on the cruise, I was like, well, why have you added the other stuff? The other audiences, they don't seem that relevant. And ultimately, I don't think it matters. If it's set to observation um, method of targeting, then it's just monitoring how they perform. People are still searching for those keywords. So it doesn't, you know, it, it could be that, you know, once like house movers, for example, is still relevant to, to home insurance. So, um, you know, seeing how that performs for that certain demographic, uh, it's performing quite well, but I did a little bit. I'm, I've still yet to, to believe in them. Well, to be honest, mate, I mean, you know, the fu the fundamental, as Tom mentioned at the top of the show, that the, the basis of everything we're doing is data and testing. You know, if we were going to sit still and, you know, you're just going to, if people are asking you why you're adding certain audiences in, because you're testing, because you're trying to learn if something works or if it doesn't work, because if something doesn't work and you figure that out, that's just as useful as figuring out that something does work. Um, mm. because again, then you've got a new path to go down. So, um, so yeah, I, I think I think the argument there for you to sort of take back there is uh, is let me do my job. Well, let Google do it. Well, yeah, you know, kick your feet up and, uh, and think about the dolphins and, and play, you know, sort of a, a theme music of uh, seagulls in the background and pretend you're back on the boat. No, there were no seagulls actually. No seagulls. Well, no, we saw the odd birds, you know, and you kind of think, what's it doing out here? It's in the middle of the ocean. Where's it going to land? Like, it was landing on the cruise. It was just, like, relaxing for a bit, and it would fly off. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think there was a barrel, a barrel of laughs. 
and one of the audiences, and the people will know quite well, was, was sil- uh, secure silver servers, right, who were middle or middle to late aged, um, strong uh, income, loads of free times on the hand, and they knew it to use technology. And I remember sitting down thinking, hey, boy, where, where's our setting in AdWords? Where do I target? Where's that? And so I think if that's something like Facebook and the audiences they offer. And again, having a good audience strategy. You buy TV, yeah, brilliant. But you've got no idea who's watching it, apart from, you know, from bullshit story and agency, isn't it? Whereas in, in Facebook, again, you think of the Pinterest yeah, but there must be some logic for the audiences and it's a far better way to invest your cash and have the right audience strategy than like magazines or at home or whatever. Yeah, 100%. And the thing is, it's, um, yeah, Facebook... Um, it's cheap. LinkedIn, I hear people tell me LinkedIn is expensive. For a B2B business, I don't care. If you're spending, you know, expensive to, to, to these people who are saying this, $4.50, if I can drive, you know, if I can drive, convert at one in 10, um, and, I'm, and I'm getting clicks for $4.50, and I'm spending 45 quid to get one conversion, and I'm a B2B business, yeah. I'm making a hell of a lot. You know, if as long as I'm making more money than 45 quid, then LinkedIn isn't expensive. Um, now, people have got to start no. thinking about the fact that, you know, this clip might look expensive. They, you've got to start thinking about conversion. You've got to actually start thinking about that return. Um, but in t- you make a great point about these, the pots getting smaller effectively because of GDPR and because of, um, you know, Zuckerberg basically entering our houses when we're asleep and stealing all of our furniture and data. Um, but the, the thing is, once these pots shrink, and these are conversations I've had with many clients over the last few months, um, they, they become more valuable because if people are accepting um, these cookies, if people are accepting the fact that they're going to be marketed to, um, then you want them. Yeah. And the others, you don't want them. So love them. And if that then pot goes from 200 to 50 people, you know, I'd much rather have that 50 people. Um, and, and to anyone who's already running Facebook um, and, uh, or, you know, any, any social media paid advertising and has been running it for a while, you already know. And, and the same applies to Google as well when, when certain things change. As long as you've been running, you've got that historic data, you're not going to get hit anywhere near as hard as anyone who's not running it and is then entering the market because you've, you've got all that data to back it up. You know full well, boys, if something changes, you're going to see it, you know, instantly you're going to be able to measure it you're constantly looking at your your account you're constantly analyzing you're looking back seven days 30 days 90 days all the time so you know anyone who's already running and this is what we're trying to say to to a lot of our clients who who sort of get you know get panicked by a lot of these stories is as long as you you know we're running we're in control of this situation if anything changes we're going to be the first to know so you know, trust us to, to continue running. Um, and, and in terms of audience sizes, you know, the, the smaller they may get, it doesn't matter because they're going to become more valuable in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to um, to the, the last one, one, uh, and one that you mentioned, Joshua, we'll come to you first, is customer match. Um, I mean, we've all, we've all you know, had eyes on customer match lists um, in, in previous lives. So Josh, uh, you mentioned using them. At the moment, where you ask, yeah. what's your opinion? Um, opinion, uh, I think they're essential, um, especially if you've got lots of uh, data on customers, like email addresses. Um, just use, I've, I mean, the main thing I've done is just excluded existing customers. 
yeah. uh, and then and use those as crossover for other products. So that's the main thing, really. But um, yeah, again, it's another layer, isn't it? And reaching the, the right uh, customers. Uh, and often, if you've got quite a complex product that involves, I don't know, documents that would log into, customer match can, you know, using it as an exclusion can uh, help, you know, exclude those people from coming back to the I was already customers. That's pretty basic, really. But yeah. Yeah, Tom, is there anything you want to add? I like, I like, um, custom maps to drive sort of uh, campaigns across multiple channels. So, you know, taking maybe a, a loyalty scheme and that you're, you're emailing out a loyalty scheme to a customer, they open the email, you, you track that user, and then if they come back, they don't take the action you want, they come back for your search, you're showing them the same loyalty offer when they find your brand or if they come through generic space as well. I think that's really nice. But going back to what you said, Matt, about, or what we talked about, I'm going to on it, but I'm finding it more and more difficult, especially in sort of a, a big, and Josh probably the same, a big uh, household UK brand. My compliance department is a very touchy about email addresses and I pay the data and I pay data. So I'm finding it very difficult to exclusions, great example, Josh, I'm finding it very difficult to get that across the line now. And rightly so, because like it's important. From my from a business point of view, it's really important because you know one really bad GDPR mistake and now what's your, your PNL for the whole year, right? But also from you know building customer trust and, and sort of as marketers we're responsible for that, especially when everything has happened over the last six months with Cambridge Analytics going to GDPR and stuff. So custom match I think is like the daddy of all this, but I think we're gonna it's gonna be, you know, a, a year, two years before into yeah. companies are happy to use them again, or are fully confident in using them. And that probably goes across all platforms, yeah. not just Google, not just PPC. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, any company, anyone we speak to, you know, their email lists were absolutely depleted by GDPR. Um, and it does it does make make compliance departments, you, you both got to deal with compliance departments on a regular basis, not every um, client uh, that we work with at the agency um, deals with uh, with um, compliance departments. <laughs> I mean, surely not. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think there's a massive um, education piece that needs to needs to go on, possibly internally. Maybe I don't know what it's like for for where you are now, I see, but in terms of you know the, the potential to carry out some workshops with compliance to to sort of give them a better understanding of what you're trying to achieve um, and that you're not sort of, uh, you know, you, you're not just trying to um, impose on people's lives. Uh, you are actually giving them a message of, well, will actually save them money. I don't know what Josh is up to, uh, rest in a bank. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. Um, yeah, it's going to be a while before, and I think, uh, the thing is with GDPR, I, the, the stuff I read, I mean, it was so much scaremongering going on. I mean, GDPR was in existence. If you rang up someone and said, I want you to get rid of my data, they had to do it. They had to do that before May or whatever it was when, they, when they all this kicked on. Um, you know, and it used to be uh, that they'd have to get rid of it in 40 days, I think, and now it's 30 days. And, now, this is this wasn't a brand new concept. Um, it's just they had so much coverage, and and you know the average 
consumer just saw this as a as a, as a massive sort of you know it, this this massive thing and, and I, I don't think um, you know, a lot of the, the stories put my actors in a great light which is unfortunate and then obviously Kingdom Down Ethica was devastating as well for, uh, and shocking and awful and, and should never have happened so yeah I think there's uh, there's some healing to be done uh, between the actors and the consumer and uh, as you already mentioned between certain departments continue. Josh are you on the toilet? <laughs> no I'm not on the toilet because there's some sounds coming from your... Boiling. You what? The kettle's boiling. You're boiling the kettle? Well, yeah, a quarter to ten, and it boils the kettle. Unbelievable. Okay, right. Well, I, was gonna, I wanted to race it, actually, on that point. Go on. Um, with the Cambridge Analytica. Uh, it's bad for marketers, because essentially all the, the news about, you know, how much companies, you know, or the advertising platforms and you know, how much they know about you and how we can target. It builds a distrust between the companies and the advertisers then. And people won't click on the ads. Well, yeah, I mean, and to the <laughs> average consumer... You talk I, don't, to... yeah, I don't mean it to be as, you know... No, but, I mean... We've all, we've all had these discussions about... We've been talking about something. Well, I haven't even been visiting pages on something. And we see an advert for it. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's, there's strong, um, yeah, strong suggestion that, um, that you know the game isn't being played fairly uh, in terms of mobile devices, and maybe we are being um, listened to. And, uh, and well, there's it's just waving to the webcam. All right, Alex, how are you doing? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's there's always that um, that potentially going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's difficult enough for us. Right? I mean, one, it's difficult to explain to anyone. Any inmates ask you what you do, it's tough. Tough to explain it um, generally. But you start talking about display advertising. You mentioned one sentence about display advertising and a person says, oh, so you're the guy following me around the internet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you're exactly right, Josh. Your perception is, um, is, is great uh, because of that, you know, that type of thing. Um, and Facebook and King Young. Have you seen the new advert where they talk about how Facebook wasn't meant to be this place where you get fake news and all this stuff? I love it. I love how they use a third person. It is a great campaign, to be fair. It is a great campaign. Um, but I, I'm glad to see they're doing something about it. I mean, that's all they can do, really, is, is sort of roll their hands up and say, well, we'll make a change. Um, but yeah, I mean, the last one on the list was exclusions. I think we've, we've touched on it. Josh, you, you've touched on it a couple of times. Um, you know, it, it's a basic form of, uh, you know, as I mentioned at the start, this is not all about plugging certain audiences in certain segments. Sometimes you just want to exclude people if, if someone is, you know, and this, going back to Tom's point, is all about strategy as well, understanding um uh, understanding the audience first and foremost, understanding your customer. If you know you've got 13 touch points before someone makes a sale, then you're not going to start excluding people after one or two, uh, you know, two or three clicks of the ad. So um, again, it's all about that. Um, but even in some in some cases, um, you know, it might be that you you draw the line um, at a certain point if if there's a certain amount of clicks on an ad, or or if you 
as you mentioned, Josh, if someone's already purchased the product, then um, and you know they're not going to purchase that product for a year, uh, then they're going to be excluded um, from from those campaigns. Obviously, you guys can speak to it from a finance point of view. Um, from from an e-commerce point of view, you know a lot of people like to um, you know they'll use a remarketing list um, for abandoned carts and all of that jazz, but there comes a cutoff point where they're just not going to make any money if they if they keep um, you know showing these ads. So then they're going to have to change tack. Uh, and again, then it just comes into a holistic uh, point of view. Maybe they move that um, customer onto a different channel. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to add on exclusions um, before we move on to the beats of graveyard? I think some vehicles require exclusions, and some of them there's no real point doing it. Yeah. Good summary, Josh. Hmm. Um, there he is. Yeah, it's uh, excludes. Got to exclude. Exclude. Wow. Speaking like a true bully, there, Josh. Exc- Exclude away. Exclude away. Exclude away. Yeah, and that takes us on to um, onto the the PC graveyard. Uh, we're trying to get. Well, you know, we'll wrap this up before the uh, you know Google clock comes out again, smashes Josh a bit in the head. So um, one of my favourite uh, favourite segments, purely for the theme music. We have a wrestling fan. Um, it's the Peepsy Graveyard. So, Tom, we'll come to you first. Is there anything you want to put in the Peepsy Graveyard? Yeah, um, Everything's going in. I'm, I'm done, right? Uh, PPC marketers moaning about the new AdWords UI. Oh. I tell you what, go and build a search engine and get billions of new searches every year, and then you can have the interface how you want. Get over it. And learn how to use it. Honestly, mate, every day, new tweets, AdWords, can you help with this? Add AdWords, can you help with that? Why have you done this? Why have you changed that? Oh, yeah, it makes me think, how did they figure out in the first place? You know, how did these absolute veterans of the world figure out to use the first AdWords? Yeah, um, yeah, it's mad. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a good point, because I'll tell you what I hated was the, um, the unpopular opinion tweet. Um, yeah. which just kept coming out and, and it was just an unpopular opinion I actually like the AdWords interface and I thought well no. I saw so many of those it just become the, just a normal opinion that um, they liked it and, and who cares just crack on yeah. use it you still make money yeah shut up exactly yeah yeah no I like that that's going in that's in there Josh go on what do you want to chuck in <laughs> oh I like that one uh, what can I chuck in this week? Uh, I'll chuck my own in there. In the pin? No, I'm joking. I wouldn't chuck him in the bin. I will chuck something in the bin. Um, if you've got the um, up-to-date, if you've got Office 365, the to create web queries is much harder. And you have to have functionality of the get data button. Which Yeah, mate, I've, had, I've got the same problem. I've had the same problem and it's a nightmare. Yeah, so I'm putting that in the bin. Who would normally report? I'm putting web crews in the bin. Wow. Web crews are going in the bin. Yeah. That is uh, 
That's big. That's the end of that's the end of the pod then, surely. That's the end oh, of the no, pod. Until, until the cuckoo chimes, which is in ten minutes. I don't know actually. I don't think you should be putting web queries in a bin. I think you should be putting Office three six five. Never going to put web queries in a bin. I'm going to put Office three six five in the bin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. You know, like a, uh, a pen and letter yeah. to Bill Gates. And I don't know if either of you are unlicensed product man. What's that? Do any of you get the unlicensed product message? No, no, no. Oh, must be using a knockoff one. No, I don't live in poverty. <laughs> oh, just, I'm just kidding. Right. I'll tell you what, I'm going to chuck in, man. Um, let's take it back. It's a little bit back around. Um, I'm chucking in on the topic of Facebook. I'm chucking in all these people who claimed uh, this magic uh, form running uh, Facebook ads. I see them all the time. They, they post these messages on LinkedIn in one line at a time. So you've got to expand it. And there's a video of someone just saying, I've got a perfect, give me 45 seconds of your time, and I've got a perfect recipe for creating Facebook ads. There isn't a one trick way of of running Facebook ad campaigns. You've just got to run them. Run them as you would run any paid advertising campaign. Test, learn, optimize, measure, report, go again. Um, I'm just fed up with seeing that. Uh, and it's always people who have, oh, I don't know. What, what's that learning thing, um, Josh? There's a there's a thing online where you can learn courses. What, Linda? Which one? No. Um, really popular. Oh, I can't quite remember. I have to go in there next week. Uh, Udemy. Huh? Udemy. Yeah, yeah. That's going in a bit and all because I get, a, I get a, uh, every time I'm trying to, you know, watch a WWE highlights of Raw and SmackDown on a on a Tuesday and a Wednesday <laughs> on YouTube. Um, you know, when I should be optimizing. Um, I uh, I get these adverts come up and say, oh this is some woman and she says uh, I, I learned AdWords and it was easy I just think shut up no you didn't you didn't learn AdWords on Udemy because that's just a, that's an ongoing process you know we none of us have learned AdWords we're still learning AdWords um, so yeah you know Udemy as well unless they want to sponsor the podcast and then we'll have a we'll have some sort of conversation you know Let's just turn off the... Uh, the Sponsored by Udemy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I reached out to the Just Pag. I'll learn AdWords in two weeks. <laughs> well, never copyright infringement there, but I reached out to Just Pag after Gearon gave him a glowing reference last week. I mean, he was going. He was talking about Just Pag last week for a good hour, and uh, and they didn't even get back to me. So, still waiting on that sponsor. Harry C. Harry C. might be interested. Like, if... I'm running, but Budge's looking... looking... So I'll ask definitely. Okay, make sure you mention. Uh... Um, but anyway, yeah, that wraps it up. Um, so uh, all that's left to say is uh, thank you to Josh as always. Thank you very much to Tom for being our special guest tonight. We'll get you on again um, for sure. Uh, but um, but before we do go, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug, Tom? Uh, yeah, like you mentioned at the start of the show, we are hiring. Uh, so if there's any paid search executive they're looking for a big, big challenge uh, in the centre of Bristol, excluding any members of staff from Hargreaves Lansdowne who may or may not be listening. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, tied up in all sorts of lawsuits, those guys. Yeah, no interest in, in them. But anyone else who fancies a big challenge, then 
get in touch. Josh, uh, anything you want to plug before you go? Yeah, I'd like to plug my uh, Instagram, Josh Herbs. <laughs> I haven't got I haven't got enough uh, likes on my holiday photos. <laughs> they are exquisite, honestly. A fridge in the middle of the street. Um, you really do Josh have to Herbs. travel. To Sponsored Italy by Udemy. To, to take that uh, to take that photo. So yeah, um, yeah. Cheers, guys. Um, nothing for me to plug. And uh, yeah, as I said, thanks, Tom. Awesome having you on. And uh, and I'll see you soon. All the best, lads. Cheers. Thanks, thanks for listening, guys. Pleasure. Cheers, guys. Ta-ra. <laughs>